0: Head over to homethreads.com slash D I J F Y, short for dinner not I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D I J F Y
1: today to get 15% off your first order. Armoire makes getting dressed easy with a clothing rental membership from Armoire.
2: I always find that when you're mixing something someone loves, but adding something they maybe don't like to it is the best way to get people to start liking something that they didn't like. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding us kids.
0: Hi, I'm Stacy And I'm Megan. Welcome to the last episode in our little mini summer season. I feel like, I know it was, we had a lot of fun, even though we started off on a serious note talking about (laughs) weight loss, we got to talk about popsicles and grilling and no cook meals. And today we're going to talk about what I used to think was everyone's favorite summer treat, (laughs) but I learned it might not be (laughs) s'mores.
1: I qualified it. I qualified it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, give me a fire and graham crackers and marshmallows, and I'm there. I'm there. I'm there for it. It just, you know, some people think it's the absolute, the classic with chocolate involved is the absolute perfect sweet. And, you know, we talked through that a little bit today. We talked through it.
0: Yes. I'm like, I don't want you to give too much away of no, what we talked we about talked with Dan. It.
1: Let's just put it this way. I have a little s'mores therapy session with <laughs> Megan and our with guest With a s'mores Dan professional.
0: With and a s'mores professional. So it was kind of perfect, right? It was. But I'm curious, Stacey, how has summer been going for you? It's been very busy.
1: It's been very busy. It's very, it's funny because my 12-year-old decided not to go to sleepaway camp. And if you guys listened to season one, (laughs) at the very beginning, I talk a lot about my boys going to sleepaway camp, being alone without them in the house. And so it's a big adjustment. He really just wanted to play basketball all summer. So he did a week away at Duke basketball camp, which he loved. But then a lot of working one-on-one with a coach here in Brooklyn, some basketball day camps, But part of why we were okay with this, I mean, not that we were going to force him. He tried it twice and he didn't love it. Sleep away. But, you know, he's 12. Like he walks to the playground on his own to practice basketball. He goes off and meets with his basketball coach. And I really don't have to be involved. Sometimes I pick him up. Sometimes I don't. You know, he even had plans to go to the movies by himself one afternoon. (laughs) So I basically, I can ignore my child. (laughs) (laughs) And that is a really brand new experience that has made the summer feel more free than it has felt in a long time. I'm waiting for that summer. Because, I can't uh, <laughs> say that I'm not annoyed a lot because yes. I've done a lot of yelling too. Like I do. Yes. He calls them rages. I can hardly call them rages. But I'll come downstairs and I'll be in full on work mode and they're like there's a cereal bowl on the coffee table and he's still in pajamas and his bed's a mess and I'm like if you want to stay home all summer, you have to start taking care of yourself. Like did you eat lunch? Put your bowl away. And like brush your teeth and no video games until Like one day he was like, I'm not going to spend another minute in this house alone with you.
0: (laughs) And you're like, you have no choice,
1: (laughs) but I feel free. I'm not, I'm annoyed, but free.
0: (laughs) Isn't it really? Summer is very challenging. Like, I think that people imagine if you're a parent and your kids are off school, it it's easier. And there's some parts of it, right? Like, we're oh, not yeah. hustling to get out the door every yes. day, which is really nice. But we're doing a combination of, like, having our oldest home and having our son at daycare a couple of days a week and also trying to find him a new daycare. And then we have, like, some swim camps that are really short, so they're just there for a couple hours, and, like, organized play dates. And and so there's some structure to our summer, but it feels busier than the school year feels. And I also feel like some days I've just – Really had enough of my children.
1: Uh, I so get that. Yeah, I so get that.
0: I do get to sleep in.
1: I mean, I do feel like we're hitting a stride. Like yes. I sleep in. I haven't had to pack lunches when Isaac's home. He makes his own lunch. In theory, you know, we just traveled. You know, we were in Brazil, which was our big summer trip, which was really great. Um, but you know, every time you travel with kids, there are high moments and there are low moments, a lot of low moments, but you know, when you come home and you reflect and you see that it's been really positive for the kids, you kind of only remember the good stuff. So it's been a good summer, but I feel you it's very, very mixed, you know, a lot of like busier, but slower, you know, and like a lot of those contrasts,
0: which is all to say that uh, even though we'll still have a few weeks before school starts, I'm I'm ready for it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we have a really long time though. So we're starting our back to school season really soon, in two weeks, right? After right? this, we're going to take a midweek summer break. And I love how we always call them breaks because actually it's just like a one week pause. It's more of a pause than a break. And then on August 5th, we'll be publishing our very first back to school episode because a lot of people are going back.
0: And then soon after that, your kids go back to school, right? Yeah, they do. They start back, I think, the 20th of August. I might be making that up, but it's that week. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have a couple several weeks between when this episode airs and even once we start our back to school season as we're calling it we'll have a few weeks but it's a fun what we have coming for back to school is a fun update on how packing lunches change from what we recorded last year when we launched didn't i just feed you to like now since both like all of our kids have grown our lunch yes. packing has changed even since we recorded it a year ago. Yeah. So I just want to remind people, like, if you're not subscribed already, do it now, wherever you're listening. And also you should hop into our listeners group because there's lots of fun updates in there if you want to know how... Feeding Our Families has changed even since we started recording Didn't I Just Feed You? And I feel like we need to do something to celebrate the one-year um, birthday yes. of Didn't I Just Feed You? And we might have to do it in our listeners group. Um, I think we, we definitely have to do it in our listeners
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Th- those are our super fans. So you guys, if you've been listening or if you've just recently found us and you're loving what you hear, definitely go to Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash Didn't I Just Feed You? Really easy to remember. Join us on groups. The buttons on the left hand side, if you're on a desktop or laptop, you scroll all the way to the top and hit groups if you're on mobile. And again, the password,
0: whiskey or painkiller, repeating this, (laughs) because we want you. There's going to be good stuff. There's going to be good stuff. I think it's funny that still sometimes people answer the question with, I'm not really sure what the secret question answer is. I'm like, you guys, we say it in every episode. But as a reminder, I will take any answer even if it's not whiskey or painkiller.
1: Yeah, you do I used to not do that but now I do too. Yeah. Ever since you've started announcing that on the <laughs> on the podcast I feel like when I write back, like nope, da, da 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 da. I'm like, oh, now they'll know it's Stacy and not Megan.
0: Not I mean, mean if one. you don't put anything, if you don't, if you just request to join and you don't at least attempt to answer the question, you're sitting in the queue right now. I haven't let those people in. I, I haven't feel either. Sort of bad about that. Like I want everyone to be welcome, but I don't know. I've messaged
1: some every single one of those people and said, like, we're so excited you found us. Anyway, guys, you won't be in that position because you're going to answer whiskey or painkiller.
0: There, done and deal. And then you're going to be part of our one-year birthday celebration for our little baby. Yay! Didn't I just you? <laughs> and I think it's perfect that we're mentioning this for
1: the first time on an episode where we're talking about snacks and s'mores. Yes. Because I feel like that's a combination of um, everything good about feeding your
0: family. Yes. <laughs> It's It's the hard stuff and the fun stuff combination, which is what we're all about. Like the hard stuff is my kids are eating so many snacks this summer. Like I can't keep snacks in the house, but also summer s'mores are so sweet. And we're so excited to talk to Dan today about them.
1: Yeah. So, okay. I'm kind of obsessed with Dan. He's recently (laughs) gotten married. If you look through his Instagram to a gorgeous woman but I, so it's just like a s'mores soulmate thing. It's not like yes, anything weird. Yeah, <laughs> it, like, I don't know. And and his books are so fun. And I feel like a lot of our cookbook recommendations are really about like the nitty gritty, like packed with recipes that you're going to pull out any day, Monday through Friday, when you're feeling just rushed and tired, um, when you're thinking about your budget. But Dan's books are also like just like the topics today, the hard and the fun, on the other side of the spectrum of what's so great about finding joy and feeding your family. It's just the fun stuff. He has a book on tots. And it's like, this is when you make the stuff out of his cookbooks, your kids will be happy and they will eat. It's not food you're going to cook every single night necessarily, but it will bring smiles and laughs and joy to your table. And I just think it's really important that we don't lose sight of that in the day to day, especially as we go into back to school season.
0: Wow. Stacey, you just made a really fun subject. So poetic. And it's one of the reasons I really love you. Hey, before we um, formally introduce Dan, we should tell you about one of our other favorite podcasts, the edit your life show.
1: Let's hear directly from Asha and Christine, because they're the experts on it, and they're so smart and fun.
0: Well, hello there. I'm Christine Ko. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're the hosts of the Edit Your Life Show, a podcast where we help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we help you take action with doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Our show covers everything from parenting, to food, to work, to home, to self-care, to finances, to relationships, through our own
1: conversations and experiences, as well as expert interviews.
0: To learn more about our show, head to edityourlifeshow.com, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Edit Your Life Show, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Okay, guys, we are back and we are ready to speak with Dan Whelan, who is a culinary mad genius creator of the popular blog called The Food in My Beard. How perfect is that? So cute. Since starting his website in 2008, he's published more than a thousand recipes. He's been viewed over 6 million times. And you guys, when you look at his book list and his articles, which we will have all in our show notes, you will see why. He's been featured on CBS Sunday Morning, in Savore magazine, in Bon App, Serious Eats, Fine Cooking, MSNBC, Huffington Post. Woo! He's an expert on so many things, but today we're gonna talk to him about his expertise. In s'mores. Do you know that you're only our second male guest to come
0: on? Didn't I just feed you? <laughs> oh well, i guess
2: that's an that's, honor. Then
0: oh, it wait. is actually. That's not true. I we've had three. I know <gasps> we're talking before this because we wait, had Brian that Stewart makes... of Salt and Spine oh, and David yes. Tumarkin talking about leftovers. So we're doing better than I thought. Well, yeah. it's
2: not. It's not an honor anymore. Then it
1: is. Oh. It's bronze medal. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: I came in second for something recently. It was actually, it was actually a gig. It was a, a hosting gig. And I was accidentally sent an email that said, you know, Stacy was their second choice. And I was like, wah, wah. And I, my son, my 12 year old son, who's extremely competitive into sports looked at me, was like, second place is the first place to lose. And I just walked away. I was like, that's so sad. That's such a sad way to frame it. I think Third Male Guest is an honor. And we're very, very happy to have you, Dan, because you write the most fun cookbooks of all cookbooks.
2: I think people take food too seriously right now. And that's why I I really try to have fun with the book.
0: Yes. Can we get a hand up? (laughs) (laughs) Love that. We
1: agree. Tell us your first book.
2: Uh, my first book a while back, actually, is called Stuffed, and it's all one thing stuffed into another thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, that's so funny. I know. I know. This is why I'm having him do this. I actually know his book. I know oh, his, you, do. you know, Yeah, him. I know, but I want him to explain to everybody so people understand what a fun guest we have. Second book.
2: Second book uh, was from actually 12 months ago. So my second, third, and fourth book all came out within a one-year period. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize the timing. And the second book is Tater Tots. It's called Tots, but it's all Tater tot recipes.
1: Uh, hello. That's genius. And Megan, how have we not done a Tater Tots episode? I was
0: just about to say, I feel like I need that book in my library stat because we eat so many Tater Tots and we might have to have Dan just come back and be like the expert on all things stuffed and Tots. And we know he has another exciting book coming out that we need him back for too.
1: Yeah, so I mean, like you're almost an honorary host, Dan. That's basically <laughs> what we're saying.
2: We're almost the there. Than
1: third meal guest. Right, right, right. Exactly. There you go. I knew we'd come around to something. Okay, so Dan, we'll list all of your books, which are also fantastic, on our show notes. But today, you are here to talk to us about what might. Be to our guests one of the most exciting books, although, you know, tots are pretty exciting. But today <laughs> we're here to talk about s'mores, gooey, melty, crunchy riffs on the campfire classics.
2: But yeah, this is the new one. Um, just came out. I'm excited for it because it's summertime. Everyone loves campfires. Everyone loves s'mores. It's
1: true, everybody, except maybe Stacy. <laughs> oh, no,
0: Stacy. This is one of those like,
1: I know we have moments
0: moments because I love a s'more. It's probably one of my most favorite treats. And that like idea of gooey, melty, crunchy is what I love so much about it. So Dan, why don't you tell us what you think the essential s'more is like, get down on ingredients and tell us like how much chocolate we need, how you think the marshmallows should be prepared. And then we can learn all about all the riffs that you have in your book.
2: Sure. So, I mean, I've, I think most people are familiar with the classics more, but if you take the graham cracker, um, you know it's long, so you have to break it in half to have the two squares. Uh, The ideal way to roast the marshmallow is over a campfire. Yes. uh, There is other ways listed in the book because I wanted um, this to be year-round. I wanted it to be sort of a uniform process that you can do in your own kitchen. So I suggest um, either under the broiler or even um, if you have a gas stove right on the the stovetop. And then for chocolate, um, I think most people over-chocolate their s'mores. Yes! Uh, and <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was going to say to Stacey, maybe if that's why you're leaving out the chocolate, maybe it's because you're rebelling against the, uh, the over-chocolated s'mores. But...
1: I am, because I do love a s'more. I feel like I should qualify that. It's just the chocolate. Sometimes I just want a graham cracker and marshmallow.
2: Mm-hmm. And, then it, and a lot of times the chocolate isn't melted. So it what you, I think is a problem
0: people right, don't it, melt it hit
2: yeah and so if you allow the chocolate to come a little more to like get a little warmer and then make sure your marshmallow is hitting the chocolate fresh off the heat um, it will melt a little and I also I learned do you guys know what the individual pieces of a chocolate bar are called
1: okay I do because I read your book because I'm a good <laughs> researcher but that was actually one of my favorite things a pip right yeah yeah Nerd? the tip.
2: <laughs> in the book I was because right, I kept saying like oh add your pieces of chocolate so finally I was like I need to know what these things are called so I can say <laughs> right? it in the recipe <laughs> but I think for me the perfect amount is three pips but if you google image search more a lot of times they put six in which to me is not nu- is oh, not
0: hell no I say (laughs) hell no to that. But you do need a little bit of melted chocolate because it's like the moisture that balances out the dry graham cracker and the gooey marshmallow. Okay, Megan, we're a more inclusive podcast than that. You don't (laughs) need that. I like one pip at most. This is what Dan's book really gets to is like you can swap out the melty texture of chocolate for something else.
1: I just want to say, because I know you're on this like texture thing, in my opinion, a marshmallow can give you melty and gooey if it's properly roasted. I know it's not quite the same because it's not silky the way melted chocolate is, but I mean, maybe Dan's right that actually it's not always melted enough. So it's silky, but then it has, the chocolate sometimes still has a little bit of bite to it and it's by no means chalky. But it, you know, there's still it can dry out. Yes, more right. Yeah, so that's why I feel like if you mo- you roast your marshmallow well enough, you get a little gooey because it's stickier than chocolate. But also, that center of the marshmallow should be really melty. I don't know. We're really nerding <laughs> It just out, makes hard me question everything.
0: and makes me question you guys. And this will be our
1: last episode. <laughs> I know we've it. invited Dan on to be our co-host, but actually, we're
0: canceling the show. <laughs> Stacey doesn't like s'mores. Don't scare people like that, (laughs) Okay, sorry. Sorry, kidding. (laughs) kidding, I meant, it makes me question everything about what we think the essential s'more is. Because you guys are kind of saying, like, it could just be a marshmallow and graham cracker. Am I wrong? I I don't know that Dan's saying
1: it, but when you look at his recipes, there's certainly a lot of ways to s'more. And a lot of them don't have chocolate.
2: I think a marshmallow and a graham cracker might be just short of a s'more maybe, but <laughs> I, I do think you need, I think as long as you're hitting those three notes, gooey, melty, and crunchy, you're fine. And if you want to call the marshmallow part of the melty, then, <laughs> then by all means, go ahead. But a way to sneak in that melted chocolate texture, I guess, um, if you're worried about the mel- chocolate not melting, is you can use Nutella instead. Yes.
0: Okay. See- We're here for that.
1: Now, now we're talking, Dan. Like that, I'm here for that. So hard that I might actually get off the podcast recording and go do that.
2: (laughs) We'll Um, take a five minute break to all make it quick tomorrow. We'll be right
1: back. So it didn't happen, Cece. I have a question though, before we move on to the riffs, the classic chocolate graham cracker marshmallow. There are, you know, both Megan and I are big proponents of scratch cooking, but we also work really, really hard on this podcast and in all of our work to make sure that we're providing information for home cooks on any budget with any kind of schedule to be able to make food at home and feed themselves and feed their families well. So we talk a lot about store-bought shortcuts. But there's sometimes when I'm like, guys, yeah, no, I know that shortcut exists at the supermarket, but really, really just do me a favor and try once when you have the time or the wherewithal to make this from scratch. And then every rare once in a while, I'm like, no, no, this is not one you make from scratch. How do you feel about homemade marshmallows, homemade graham crackers and chocolate? Because I think a classic s'more should be like all from the store and just assembling it.
2: Uh, Well, I I put recipes in the book for uh the graham cracker and for the marshmallow and I think those are for special occasions. Um I wouldn't I don't normally don't make them from scratch, but it's so fun to actually make them and people are so impressed that it's it's worth it in my opinion.
1: Okay, Megan, how do you feel about homemade?
0: Um You know me. I'm like a baking and pastry person at heart, so I have done the whole, like, making both the graham cracker and the marshmallow. I find the sweet spot is making one component, if it's for a special occasion, like, just making the graham crackers. And actually... As I'm saying that, I think the way that you and I connected on the I internet, know. Stacey, is that I made your one bowl graham crackers from yeah. Make It Easy and yeah. turned them into s'mores and posted them on Instagram, which is how it we is. were introduced to each other. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm. Can I be team one component sometimes for special yes, occasions? You can. Is that fair? Okay, we, we
1: will allow that. And heart <laughs> eye emoji person to you for remembering that about how we met. I think it
2: also depends on what kind of cook you are, because for me, marshmallows are easier to make than graham crackers. Yes,
1: Yes. I will agree to that too.
2: Um, And I I love marshmallows because they are more customizable. And so recently I made some for a party and I made a chai spice marshmallow and I also did a, a jalapeno lime marshmallow. And it was, they both came out so good and people were just snacking on on them at the party and it was unexpected. And when you really nail a homemade marshmallow, it's like you take a bite and you're like, this is like almost i have almost like I've never had a marshmallow in my life before.
1: I would agree with that. I think that that's true. And it has a really beautiful texture too. Um, And I like the way homemade marshmallows melt. I think that maybe my issue is, I really feel like this is a little bit of a s'mores therapy session for me because I'm like (laughs) making these bold statements. And then as we talk it through, I'm like, actually, now that I've reflected, I think I love homemade graham crackers. Obviously I put a recipe in my first cookbook, but I think that I can never get to exactly the right thickness for what I want, Mm. how I want my s'more to work or like the mouthfeel that I'm trying to achieve with my favorite kind of s'mores, but homemade marshmallows. I'm here for that. So, okay. At its core, a traditional s'more is chocolate graham cracker and marshmallow. Of course you have different flavored marshmallows or you can do things like squeeze in candy bars, which you do in the book,
0: but like, how do you go from that to chili mango s'mores to everything bagel s'mores? Yeah. Which is one that stuck out to Totally. Me the, like, yeah. how do you get there?
2: Well, I think my style in general is kind of like taking things to the extreme. And I try to not be too over the top that it's not also approachable. Writing, just like the Tater Top book, writing this book, it was easy for me to say, okay, like everything needs to fit in a s'mores format and then start kind of almost spinning the wheel of other foods and seeing if I could bring them into a s'more. So as it's listed in the table of contents, it goes from classic to crazy. And I, you know, I just kept track, like I thought of all these different ideas and then kind of put them in line in order of like, how how close to classic is this? How crazy it really is. So I think like halfway through, we start adding some more savory elements. Um, Three quarters of the way through we're like, Okay, let's go spicy. Let's really like walk the line of sweet and savory, and then by the time we hit the very end, the last like five or so recipes <laughs> yeah. are fully on the savory side.
1: Yeah, like the very last recipe, people is scallop zucchini and pesto s'mores. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's really crazy, but then also really delicious because what you're doing here is you know you're playing with the concept. You're not actually putting marshmallows and seafood together,
2: exactly. And I. The plan with this was let's not make s'mores pie. Let's not make s'mores cake. Let's make everything look like a s'more, um, but it doesn't necessarily need to taste like it.
1: I actually really love that and think that this is like a good takeaway for our audience in particular when you're feeding kids, being playful with food and really drawing in all different creative ways on things that they already like is such a powerful approach. So, you know, people will be like, cut vegetables into cute shapes, which is great. But, like, when your kids start to get older, serving a caprese s'mores or serving scallops, which maybe if your, you know, nine year old hasn't eaten them very much over their lifetime. And saying, "Oh, this is a s'more," and being playful that way, I think could
0: really work, don't you, mm-hmm. Megan? I mean, I just think it's so fun, and another brilliant way, like that, we can help our listeners and help ourselves, like feed our kids new foods, is taking something that's really fun and they love, like a s'more, and then turning it into something savory. I particularly love the recipes in this book that walk the line of sweet and savory because uh, I yes. think that's a really underrated um, flavor win. Like anytime you can put something sort of salty on a s'more, um, I think it's winning. So what are your favorite savory ingredients, Dan, to put on sor- a sort of classic s'more, like keeping a marshmallow in place and maybe at do- doing a different cookie or cracker?
2: Right. I agree. Those are actually my favorite recipes, too. And um, one of my favorites in here is where I put an actual burger in in a s'more. (laughs) Um, And this is a 100% like a, it's an actual burger and it has marshmallow and chocolate. And I've put it in my mashup cookbook and in this cookbook as well, but it's like a little different. Like the one in the mashup book is more of a burger with more hints, whereas the one in the sports book is more of a s'more with burger hints. <laughs> um, and every time I've made this, people get really angry about it. I made it on a on the website Delish once, which people there, you know, they're obviously not familiar with my weird style. Like if I post it on my site, people are like, okay, this guy's doing that again. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> if I do it somewhere else where people aren't familiar, they they get mad. Like someone commented that they hope that next time I roast a marshmallow, I fall into the fire. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Also, Dan, when you first started saying that, I was like, who are these people who you're inviting over to your house who are being so rude when you're making them burgers? Now (laughs) I understand. They're called the
1: readers of delish.com.
0: It's it's people on the internet. It's a very clear distinction. So people get really upset about the burger. Is that a little bit what you love about it though? Like it's controversial?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think um, my favorite recipes are either when people say Oh, why didn't I think of that before? It's like so obvious. Or if they say like I would never eat that, but then when they do, that it actually works.
1: So, what are some of those recipes from the S'mores Cookbook? Because there were definitely some that I was like, uh, Dan, you're really, you're really pushing uh, it here.
2: Well, <laughs> the burger
0: was one of them. The was burger. I was like, that's brilliant. I'm gonna try that. I was a little like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. There's oddly enough three recipes in here inspired by salads. <laughs>
0: I feel like I want to guess which the three are. That's kind of perfect because we just, before this, had an episode about about salads and getting our kids to eat more salads. Okay, is it strawberry balsamic mint s'mores? Yes. Okay, I love that.
1: That sounds delicious. Peach candied pecan and blue cheese s'mores?
2: Yes.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm nailing it. Go ahead, Megan. You want to try for the third? Do you have the book in front of you?
0: I have it in front of me. I'm trying to catch up to where you are. It's I'm, more towards the end. I as get you fully might guess. distracted by all the beautiful pictures. I know. Well, the it's
2: pictures like, did come out amazing. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. it's
1: all gooey, melty, crunchy. You can see it. Like
0: the potato chips, more. I'm like, yes. I need that right now. It's fully stopped me on this page. Okay. <laughs> um, the Annie Pasto s'mores is that like a, sa- a capri or a caprese? Those are both salads or actually, salads. you know what?
2: I probably was wrong. Like, there's probably like there's five more. or six yeah my salad. Wait, i was so thinking of prosciutto and um cantaloupe yeah that, that was oh. my next guess too
1: yes which actually sounds delicious it sounds so good so were people were those examples of recipes that people were like damn you've lost it and then they're like oh this is delicious
2: yeah i think um it there's it's that whole sort of section from like the burger to until you fully release like once you fully release the marshmallow and stuff um then people are like, okay, this is fine cause it's savory, but it's the ones where you're still doing a marshmallow, but you have meat or like a yes. bacon s'more <laughs> or a spice like a Mexican chocolate is where people kind of go, okay, so this is, a, oh, there's an olive oil and balsamic. That's another one. Oh, yeah. uh, but I mean, olive oil and balsamic on ice cream, is so yes. good. And one of those things people are still kind of like getting, <laughs> getting the grasp of, um, but uh, it works on a marshmallow too.
1: That makes I, sense. I I think that totally makes sense. And actually last year I started eating like very, like a drizzle of very high quality fruity olive oil on my vanilla ice cream. And yeah. I love it. It's so good. Um, I really like the ones that have cheese, especially the blue cheese, because yes. that's an ingredient that I'm trying to get my kids a little more acclimated to. My nine-year-old in particular, his only cheese that he likes to eat is fresh mozzarella, string cheese, and pepper jack. It doesn't fit. I don't know, but he likes it. (laughs) But like anything else, he's like, oh, that's too strong. He won't even eat Parmesan cheese, like on Mm. pasta. So I'm wondering if something like the peach candied pecan and blue cheese s'mores might get him, like might help him turn the corner.
2: Right. I always find that when you're mixing something someone loves, but adding something they maybe don't like to it is the best way to get people to start liking something that they didn't like.
1: Um, What recipe in the book were you like, I'm going to experiment with this, but I don't think it's going to work. And then it surprised even you. Or was
0: there something that didn't make the book yeah. that you tried?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know what? I think everything that I really uh, got far enough to the point of like listing it as a, uh, as a recipe I made it to the book pretty much. The one that was like hard to really work with was um, the tiramisu one because I really wanted the ladyfingers to be the oh, the graham cracker. Yeah. Um, but it's a little unwieldy. It still works and tastes good, but it um, as a structure, it, it's like slightly harder to kind of hold together.
0: That makes sense, and that I think that's okay. Sometimes what's great about a s'more is that it is messy, right? And worth it for that flavor,
2: right? Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I have sort of a fun question that we've played with a couple guests, which is if you and this goes for Stacy too be thinking about this, if Dan doesn't have an answer, if you were a s'more, what kind of s'more would you be? <laughs> what would your flavors be, Dan?
2: Um, I think I would probably be the potato chip, but instead of chocolate with uh, Nutella.
1: Oh, very specific. Damn, this feels very inappropriate, but I'm (laughs) going to say it anyway. I feel like that kind of makes us soulmates a little bit. Because I feel like... I feel like I, I I get that very, very deeply.
0: Megan, yeah. what about you? I'm still thinking. I'm a, I'm I know, usually I'm like, the one who springs is, the question. My brain is like off on this thing where it's like, now there, there, there's such thing in the world as your s'mores soulmate. Like someone who gets exactly <laughs> how you. Make your s'more. I we recently went on a Girl Scout camping trip with my seven year old. And I feel and it was like a bunch of moms and the girls. And I'm very particular about a s'more. Like, I kind of don't want to eat it if it's not what I think of as being a perfect s'more. And I'm talking about, like just graham cracker, Hershey's chocolate, and the store-bought marshmallows. Okay, but, but Megan, the- Megan. Do you know that show Camp on HBO? Is it I HBO show wa- time? I
1: haven't watched it yet. Is there oh. like a
0: thing in there? Where no, I, but that
1: like pre- Jennifer Garner plays this person who's organized this camping trip and is so like particular and uptight about everything. And I just had this moment of like imagining you slipping into that kind of character just around the s'mores. <laughs>
0: it, was exa- it, it, like it was exactly. It probably was exactly that. Like all the other moms were like, "What are you doing?" Like there was a grill grate over the campfire, so I put my chocolate, uh, my my graham crackers with the chocolate on top, and they're like, "Why are you doing that?" I'm like, "Because the chocolate has to get melty, or it's not worth eating." And then I was like, <laughs> moving <laughs> moving the wood around in the campfire um to get like perfect coals so that I could, and I was like preheating my um stick so that the inside would get melty. <laughs> At the God. same rate that the outside would get toasty and, like, if it burned, I gave the marshmallow to, to Ella, my daughter, because she likes a burned marshmallow. But I am not here for it on a s'more. Like, I want the perfectly toasted one. So maybe as a s'more, I'm just, like, an obsessively obsessively perfect classic s'more I because that's what <laughs> I want to eat.
2: Did, uh, did you notice that uh, there's a list of personalities of marshmallow roasters in the book?
0: Oh, I haven't seen that yet. That's kind of brilliant.
2: I'm Pip, but not
0: that. So wait, what am I? I don't. Maybe I don't want to know. Dan, is it I you're
2: number six, which is Gordon Mello Ramsey, where you're (laughs) very specific? Oh my god,
0: (laughs) that's amazing. Uh, Damn it, that's fine with me. What are you?
2: Me, I'm more of the. I am always uh, trying to like get it in the right. Place, but I'm also like kind of lazy about it.
1: <laughs> I think I am too. Like there's
2: one um, listed that's just like puts their stick in kind of like tries to prop it up and then relax and not pay yes. attention to it. <laughs> so yes. I'm like half that mixed with the obsessive Gord Mellow Ramsey version where I, sometimes I want to relax or sometimes I'm like paying too much attention. There's also like the backseat roaster who's telling everyone else they're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you think you would qualify?
0: No, I make no judgment about how other people like their marshmallows, but I refuse to eat a marshmallow that's not perfectly toasted. I just, this is my weird thing about s'mores.
1: I'm the lazy one. I talk a big talk about being able to get it perfectly, get it done perfectly, and I'm capable, but usually when I'm camping, because I freaking hate camping um i guess when there's like a beach bonfire i pay more close attention all right here's what it comes down to i'm usually like i have a buzz on i mean that's the truth like i've had some wine and i like start off strong and then i i'm that person who rests their stick and then if it's burnt i'm like "Ah, i'll eat it anyway (laughs) equal (laughs) opportunity marshmallow eater fair Um, enough I have to say that if I were to be a s'mores flavor from Dan's book, it's very, very hard. I'm drawn to the baklava one just because I'm Greek, but I feel like that's like, I don't have to fall into the stereotype just because I'm Greek. I don't have to be, but that sounds ridiculously good. And I also love salted caramel. And I see ever the recipe developer, Megan and I talk about this a lot, about how we can never not mess with recipes, but your salted caramel s'mores has the chocolate and the salted caramel. Yeah. And I think that my first move would be to try it without the
0: chocolate. Mm. I find that acceptable an acceptable solution. Thank you, Megan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, what, what I... What want people to take away from this overall is not necessarily to make these exact recipes, but to play with s'mores a little more. Yeah. I've been doing segments where I just bring a ton of ingredients that could be on a s'more. And there's actually, it's listed in here how to do it, but a make your own s'mores party sort of, where everything's just out on the table and every person makes it to their own way to do it.
0: I really love that idea, and um, a couple summers ago, we were invited to a s'mores party where the host um, provided, like, the basics, but then asked everyone to bring something unique to them, and that was really fun. It was tons of candy bars. Like, a lot of people didn't think outside of the candy matrix for making Mm -hmm. a s'more, but there were also, like – really yummy sauces like a salted caramel and jams, which I think are kind of underrated for s'mores. So I love that as an a way to entertain this summer, which can be really um, hard as a parent. Like You're like, oh, I have to do a bunch of stuff. But if you just had a little backyard fire pit and you could invite friends over to toast marshmallows, that would be really low lift.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's a fun idea. And I think people also forget that you don't have to only swap out the chocolate or put new fillings in. You can change the graham cracker too. Yes. So well, obviously the potato chips we talked about, but like even getting um, like chocolate chip cookies or Oreos or a ton of other, uh, you could even use like Ritz crackers.
0: <laughs> yes. That's where I was going. Or saltines, which I think are kind of underrated, but have a lot of, they're blank slate. So you could put mm-hmm. anything on them. Churros are one of my favorites
1: and you have a recipe for them in the cookbook too.
2: But yeah. I- and I do a shortcut and like the real one. So you, you can make your churros, but also you can just kind of smother a graham cracker with uh, cinnamon and sugar and you kind of are getting a similar uh, vibe to it. Yes. Yes.
0: And we should mention because we talked about homemade marshmallows and how great they are, but there are a lot of specialty marshmallow makers now. Like I know I'm in Boise and there are two different people who make marshmallows now that are come in all different flavors so it doesn't just have to be the classic like campfire marshmallow it can be something fun without you even having to put in that extra effort
2: i've seen a ton of those recently there's even you were mentioning churros we were just talking about it but i saw some that are coated in in uh sugar like like churros
1: yeah, and the one thing I will say to help encourage people to experiment with making your own marshmallows, which is a really fun kitchen project for kids this summer, is that those fancy marshmallows are so expensive. <laughs> they are. So many of them are so expensive, and I like need to eat s'mores in bulk. I don't know about everybody else, <laughs> but like it, one s'more will not suffice. Um, especially since I'm a marshmallow graham cracker person. Like yeah. the marshmallow is like really important and I need a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, thank you so much for talking to us. And- yeah. I was you know Megan and I were like oh this will be like a fun little short interview and here we are like Like, 30 minutes later (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like there's so much more we could say but instead people should go grab your book it's called S'mores Gooey Melty Crunchy Riffs on the Campfire Classic we will have a link to it in our show notes obviously
0: and Dan will you just tell everyone where they can find you where you're on Instagram and Twitter and if you and you have a website also where people can find your other books
2: yeah my website is called thefoodinmybeard.com. I've been doing it for about 11 11 years now. And I'm on all different social media at TFIMB, which is the initials of Food In My Beard.
0: Perfect. Thanks so much, Dan.
2: Hey, thank you. This has been great. I love chatting about more.
0: I just so loved talking with Deanne. And since we recorded with him, I feel like I've been making more, more s'mores fun, more fun s'mores, s'mores. something like that. I'm having more fun with s'mores, even though I admit to being a s'mores perfectionist with the classic. Do you think you can let go a little or no? Like you don't even want to, right? No, I can. I can. (laughs) (laughs) I don't (laughs) I'm not sure why that
1: sounded I feel like you were kind of rocking in a corner when you said that. I can. It's fine. I
0: can. It's fine. fine. I can do it. I can do it. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, No, it's fun for my kids. And also, it's like creates this great autonomy for them where they can basically like make a quote unquote recipe of their own personal s'more um, with just a few ingredients at home. So we've been doing like peanut butter and jelly on s'mores without the chocolate, which has been really good. We also made the mini s'mores from Dan's book for my yeah. daughter's American Girl doll. I'll share those on Instagram. That is the cutest thing ever. It makes me laugh any time because, like, I make mini food for my daughter's American Girl doll, which feels, like, so ridiculous. But also... Uh, it's cute. I mean... Yeah, it's it's a hard... Like, so, as an aside, this is unrelated to talking about summer snacks at all. I d- I'm not into playing with dolls. I... Don't understand the American Girl doll thing. It's a f- cute little bond that my mom and Ella have because they oh, both have American sweet. Girl dolls. In fact, Ella spent a week with my mom in Seattle at the top of summer, or the beginning of summer. And they like took Ella's American Girl doll to the American Girl doll salon. Which <laughs> y'all... Wait, was is like, that a thing? It's a thing at the American Girl doll store. And it's like $30 to get your doll's hair done. No, stop. 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 I am not even kidding with you. It is like, that's how much I pay for a haircut for Ella and her doll (laughs) who has plastic hair. And also it's like six inches of hair. Like it is not a whole head of hair. They like curled it and did little braids in it. And she uh, already, her hair is a mess again. And I'm like, I, I can't, I'm so grateful to my mom that as a grandmother, she did that. And they have that cool thing together. But the Creating food for the American Girl doll is the only way that I can connect with that thing that my daughter loves so much. So but it's I love fun. that
1: you found that. Like that's such
0: a great. Yeah, but
1: it's ridiculous. Connection. Like
0: come on, it's ridiculous making teeny tiny pancakes, teeny tiny <laughs> s'mores for Ellie the American Girl doll.
1: It's not ridiculous. His teeny tiny food is really fun. It's Oliver, really fun. You know when we make our pancakes on the griddle, and now he hasn't made them in a while actually. But anyway, you know the little like flecks of batter. Yes. Right? And they end up being little, they look like little teeny, teeny,
0: tiny tiny. tiny pancakes. Those
1: are his favorite. He makes me collect them all. I have to use like my good fish spatula because it's beveled. It has a sharp beveled edge and you can really get under all those tiny little
0: pieces.
1: And like I stack them on his plate along with his regular pancakes. They're his like favorite thing ever.
0: Because they're tiny. It's just so cute. (laughs) I also had this moment where I was like, wait, are they really tiny enough that they could be pancake sprinkles? Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's
1: kind of genius. Although let's be honest, pancakes. I don't know. I don't even want to get into this. This is going to take us on a tangent, but like, what's the flavor there? Like, what do you add You're beige and you don't really have a lot of flavor. True. Okay. Wait a second.
0: I knew, I knew this was going to,
1: no, something. we won't go on an
0: aside. We <laughs> had this debate about pancakes versus waffles in our mommy juice slash sleepover food episode. So if you want to hear us debate, because you're team pancakes, <laughs> and I was like, I don't think pancakes are that great, and maybe you're admitting right now, pancakes oh, aren't that great. Snap! You hey, you lawyered me. Yeah, I'm pretty you're good at that. I don't that? know, you know, I'm a Scorpio, <laughs> but you don't want to get go toe to toe oh with me. Oh my god! Hey, wow. Uh, that, that made me think though, pancakes are a really great summer snack, which we should talk about because aside from- They are a great summer snack. You know what? I can't believe that I haven't done that. Yeah. Having why used haven't
1: used them as you? snack time. I don't know. We haven't made pancakes lately. We've been traveling. Yeah. So, okay. Fair.
0: fair okay. Enough. But
1: yeah, because I always make extra and then I typically freeze them. And so then I don't think about what I have in the freezer until it's time to like make lunch or breakfast for dinner. But maybe if I keep some in the fridge and they're like easy to grab at like three o'clock on you know yeah on Monday Tuesday Wednesday after I've made the pancakes, I would think to make turn them into a snack.
0: Yeah, because I think that's the biggest problem is like, summers like what what snacks are your kids eating when they're home? I and and like not just eating like packaged snacks all the time, because that gets really expensive.
2: Oh, and so expensive. I feel like
0: my kids can eat an entire box of crackers, like in a single day, if they're allowed to, if they're let, like left alone with the box of crackers. Oh, so, 100%. Um, let's do a quick lightning round of like summer snack ideas. It can be packaged things, but also just things that you forget that are easy enough to make and like filling, so your kids aren't constantly snacking.
1: Yeah, and actually, I do want to stick mostly with like clever ideas, like that are home kitchen based, because with back to school coming up, we'll do a roundup of like the best new packaged snacks, because that's really helpful. For lunch boxes and for packing the, you know, backpack and like quick what you can grab at Costco or on Amazon. Subscribe and save. Because before I left for Brazil, I went to the summer fancy food show for us in New York. Oh, yes. Yeah. And have like a whole like people. There are some good finds. Yes. But I feel like that's grab and go. If you're interested in that for this point in the season, we do have an episode on after school snacks we talk a lot about like beef jerky and like what we buy at Costco so go listen to that i think today let's just talk about like summer feels a lot like the weekend all the time that in is terms a great of house. how i right in terms of how yeah. my kids are snacking yes. cuz camp doesn't last as long there are yep. after school practices yep. so even like when my little ones in day camp or when isaac's with his coach like they seem to be home by like 3 or 4 exactly. which is not regularly the case during the school year. So pancakes, really good. Why don't you go? I feel like you're really clever about snacks. I'm less. Oh my
0: gosh. I don't know if I am or not. Uh (laughs) (laughs) You got like shy there. You're like, I know, I know. Well, okay. Let me fully admit that I was thinking about how I wanted to qualify that we're not talking about travel snacks, even though some people probably still have travel coming up. And you've done most of your travel for the summer, although we're going to meet in Portland, like, yes. like right before school starts for us. And just because travel snacks are really, they're almost kind of personal. And it's funny that there was a point last year, yes. or this year, <laughs> where we shared Spring like a break-ish. really. Spring breakish. Yeah, we shared like a really cute, someone else's, kids eating color, her, one of her photos where she had taken you know the cute like you take a, a pill box and you fill it with little snacks for your kids. Yeah, I've seen and like tackle started, boxes too. This, yeah, it started this whole like controversy where people were like, I would never do that with my kids. It makes a huge mess on and on. <laughs> um, that's all I'm going to say. You should go look at the post. We'll link to it in the show notes. Most people but, were supportive of the idea. They were here for it. Yeah. Which is all kind of to get to this point, which is anything that works as an after school snack or works as a summer snack would could easily be put in a lunchbox. Like I'm thinking of the lunch bots, lunchboxes, cause they're kind of bento shaped. Yeah. You could put a variety of snacks in there, like, cause it's divided and take that with you in the car. Or on an airplane, it'd be super easy. And the haters of the idea,
1: like, I get it. It's hard to, like, you're ready packing and, like, snacks fall everywhere. But the truth is, like, for a lot of people, saving money to go on a vacation in the first place. Like, takes up a lot of your budget. Like, anywhere yeah. you can save is a good thing. And the truth is, there aren't tons of options at road stops. So, right. You, is that what you call the them? Air-
0: road stops? Is that what or you call them? Or even at the airport. Road stops? Yeah. Pit stops, right. I think that's what you're saying. okay. Like, whatever. when you stop at a gas station, yes. it's like chips or candy which my kids are like here for that and we budget a little bit for it but yeah and then it can be really hard like if you want to go to the grocery store ahead of time and get packaged snacks it's not like you can buy two or three applesauce pouches or just like one bag of I mean one like small bag of pirate's booty yeah to take on the plane and then you have to worry about it being crushed so the idea of like packaging things you already have at home and making them more exciting by putting them in a small container and giving your kids the autonomy to eat what they want as they want is is still smart even yes every snack has the potential for mess that's yeah the thing about i mean that's it. what it is and like you're already on
1: a plane and it's gross anyway or you're in your car and if your car is like mine it's dirty anyway <laughs> I'm such a neat, clean freak. And then my car, for whatever reason, like I...
0: I, I feel like that. a lot of neat freaks are like that, actually. Brian, you know Brian, my husband yeah. is like... He has a funny little thing with vacuuming the floors that we've talked about. <laughs> and he's always the person who's like, oh, the house is like a disaster. <laughs> That's my impression of him. Terrible impression of him. It oh doesn't sound like that. Someday we'll get him on the recording so you can hear what a sexy, great voice he has. <laughs> Um, his car, his truck, it's like gross. It's so gross. So gross. He keeps the house <laughs> so neat and his car so, is disgusting.
1: I don't think my car is disgusting, but well, definitely my, like the mats on the floor are pretty freaking gross.
0: I've, okay. only in, I've only ridden in Mike's car when we, when I was in New York with you. Yeah. Mike's so car, I don't know how to Actually, sense. I find Mike's car. He
1: thinks that his car is like very neat and clean and every single time I go in there I'm like oh really he's like well that was just from yesterday like he always has an answer
0: I'm like yeah except every single time
1: (laughs) (laughs) so dude I got you
0: all right we have to get us back on track do it We have to get back on track and talk about Summer snacks. Okay. We do like toast or open faced sandwiches a lot. Yep. Because my kids can also help themselves to that. And that's a component to summer snacking that I have found to be important to yes. us. Yes. Is that they can feed themselves. And sometimes they. <laughs> Ella will, like, drag a kitchen chair over to the counter and climb up on it, which I have fond memories of being a latchkey kid and doing that and then eating, like, a whole entire box of Little Debbie snacks yeah, (laughs) while my mom was home, (laughs) which, like, now I think about it, I'm like, that is gross. Like, how? No, one, I mean, it's a wonder that I didn't, like, get sick from eating so many sweets at one go. But so toast or open face sandwiches really easy because they can help themselves from the fridge to a slice of bread or it sometimes it's out on the counter and then they can pick out like peanut butter or jelly or um they ella can handle uh, like mashing up an avocado and doing like avocado toast so that's been a really good snack for us this might cross the line because you can get them pre-packaged but hard-boiled eggs are one of those things we continue to make every week and then they just put like what they what they think are sprinkles on it so they do like the everything bagel sprinkles or we have crunchy salt out on the counter and they'll do that on their hard-boiled eggs um and then it's just like such a great time of year For fruit, so I try to actually spend some time meal prepping fruit when we get home from the grocery store. We had this really great tip from Roe of Brown Kids in our episode about reducing waste, where if you take berries and you soak them in a little vinegar and then rinse them and dry them, they stay fresh for longer in a glass container in your fridge. So I've been doing that a lot with summer berries and like taking the green tops off. So they can just go into the fridge and help themselves. Watermelon, cutting it up ahead of time so that they can help themselves. Like pitting a whole bunch of cherries and letting them eat them from the container kind of thing. So those have been our go-tos. I don't know if that has kept them full, but in combination with some regular packaged snacks, like individual yogurts and buying things of Pirate's Booty and Z-Bars, some of the things that we talked about in our after-school snack episode. Yeah. So Stacey, what about you? Can you give us just like three summer snack ideas? Yeah, we're actually really aligned. So toast is a
1: big one. And I usually buy during the school year, just like regular sandwich bread. And for the summer, it's a little bit more expensive, but I've been buying really like delicious bakery bread
0: Mm. and
1: having them slice it for me. And you can also get this in a lot of supermarkets at this point, like, you know, like the crusty bread, not just like sandwich bread and that my kids are much more apt to like grab a piece of that and then like eat it with cheese or Isaac's favorite thing is to toast it put pre-sliced cheese on top. We've I'm been- so glad you mentioned the pre-sliced cheese because yeah. that's
0: been a lifesaver for
1: us. Yeah. So we, you know, we're not big on American cheese here, but Cabot is like available nationwide and they have, I mean, in all transparency, they also gift us cheese a lot because they we did send love them. They
0: us both a package they of did. their pre-sliced cheese and the kids were like, this is the best thing ever because it's like a little plastic package that they can peel open and take out their four or six slices and like feed themselves. That's amazing. Totally. And I actually have bought those before. So I was going to say, I've bought them now since they sent us the package at the beginning of summer Yeah, because my kids will eat it. And I feel like it's protein. It's very flavorful. It's not super processed. I like Cabot as a company. So that helps. Yeah. So that's been great. Like cheesy toast is
1: like (laughs) hotcakes. You mentioned hard boiled eggs, which I do as well because I like to eat hard boiled eggs, but Oliver went to Actually, he went to a cooking camp before we left for Brazil that was founded by, now I always called her Dana Bowen, but my husband met her and was like, no, I think it's Donna, D-A-N-A. So sorry if you're listening, Dana, Donna, that I'm not clear on how you pronounce your name. And Sarah Kate, who was one of the original founders of kitchen.com, which is where you work.
0: Yeah. So small world. Yeah. So
1: these two ladies opened a cooking camp. In Brooklyn, that is amazing. It's called wait, the Dynamite cook-
0: Shop. Wait, it's not a cooking camp, though. It's actually like operates as go. a coffee shop, right? And then they have year-round classes, yeah, and for actually they're like after school, but they do obviously have summer programming, right? Yeah. So it, you're right to make the
1: distinction. So the cafe, though, I believe is the smaller part of the business. It is. Yeah. It so is. there's like a big. It's basically like a little cooking storefront it has all professional equipment and then they just run classes mostly after school classes but they have summer camps that were sold out i got oliver one of the last spots on the weeks that he we needed him to go to camp
0: but he learned something there that he's been snacking on well he's been now more comfortable cooking with heat on his own and scrambling eggs Not just hard boiled eggs, scrambled eggs as a snack, scrambled eggs as a snack. That's one of my favorite, like a quick scrambled egg in a tortilla is one of my favorite snacks. Yep. And, um, I've also been
1: prepping fruit ahead of time because I have just found that if you do that, they will eat it more. Like if, if there's a melon and they have to ask me or they have to do something, they won't do it. Yep. So if there's just a bowl of cut melon waiting in the fridge,
0: they'll house it. Yes. I also wanted to say shout out to popcorn. We've been using the method that you shared. I think it was on your One Hungry Mama Facebook page. Yeah. In like July you shared um, there. You basically just take a brown bag and put like a handful of kernels in it. Fold over the top. You can staple it. I feel like I've seen that method before. And then pop it in the microwave. And Ella can make popcorn for herself and Emmett without any help doing that. Yeah, um, and then we don't have amazing. to buy expensive pre-packaged microwave popcorn. And actually,
1: I believe it's on my new site,
0: stacybillis.com. Oh, hey, girl. hey. Oh, hey. What's That's up? It's a good place Visit to shout there. out. That, um, you can also be found on Instagram as... At Stacy Billis. And you have a new website. And Stacey new Stacey com. Just makes all a little really bit more beautiful. sense. Thank you. I'm taking a little credit because we shot some of the photos we last did. summer when we shot Didn't I Just Feed You photos in Atlanta. We did. You styled them. So the photos are beautiful. And thank you, Megan. <laughs> I'm over here giving myself uh, like praise, praise hands. Do it. <laughs> Do it.
1: And um, while well, we're we, at it. Raise the roof. Like that, <laughs> that's
0: okay, I'm doing. Okay, okay. Also, I just by made the way, sound so uncool.
1: You ju- I was gonna say old uncool. But I, don't know. <laughs> I you never but sound every time old? I
0: say I'm I feel old. You're like oh, but I'm older than you. Right. So I was trying not to go
1: there. I know. Well, I'm going there because that was the first time that I'm like, girl, you sound older than me. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. You are Megan underscore splawn on Instagram. And I'm sharing that because let's, like, we're both, you're kind of in the last push of summer. I'm back from traveling and, you know, there's still uh, more than a month before my kids go to school. So we will be sharing what we're snacking on and what our kids are snacking on on Instagram. So we'll get more ideas there. And we want to hear from you guys too. What are your kids snacking on? What are your favorite summer snack solutions?
0: Yes, we should start a thread in our private listeners group too. Let's do it. Like right now ahead of this episode Um, because people need that resource. We need snack ideas, man. It just never ends. Also, don't forget to subscribe because even though we're taking a break next week, we will be back on August 5th with our Back to School series.
1: Find us as Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram and Facebook, where you can also join the private listeners group that we've been talking about. The answer to the secret question is the question secret. I don't think the question is secret. The answer is secret. It's funny. We always
0: say "I know. the answer to the secret it question. The time. Maybe that's why people don't answer. Maybe they're <laughs> confused. Maybe we're confusing. People, listen. You'll be prompted to answer a question, write whiskey
1: or painkiller or really anything. Yeah, tell we'll us we'll let your you favorite in. cocktail. We don't even care. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I already mentioned, do subscribe, but hey, if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes. It makes a really big difference for our personal morale, but it also helps people um, decide to listen because you know that the first thing you do when you find something new, whether it's a podcast or something you're looking at on Amazon, is you read those reviews. You want to know how great it is. And we think Didn't I Just Feed You is worth a review. We hope you think so, too.
1: And smash all five stars. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously. Says, yeah. Those yeah. ratings help make the podcast more searchable, and especially as we go into back to school, which is one of the most challenging times of year when it comes to feeding your family. We want to make sure that as many parents as possible give us a shot in case we can be helpful to them. Yes, here,
0: here. Our music is "Good Old Times" by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamendo. A huge thank you to our editors Jeremy N, Samantha Gatsik, and the team at Counterweight Creative. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until we get back to you for Back to School.
2: (laughs) I need another snack. Don't forget to smash all five stars on iTunes. And subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding families.